0: Hello, everyone. Before we start the podcast, I'm afraid I must share some unpleasant news. Dustin's microphone sucks. We've noticed we have two problems, one of which you may have noticed in previous podcasts, and that is that all of his S's are extremely sharp to the ears. We're still working on how to fix that. I've eliminated as much as possible on this podcast, but it's still quite noticeable. The other problem was found during editing of this podcast, and that is that for some reason, Dustin's microphone cut out many times on some of his words. You can still hear what he's saying, but there's a noticeable cropping of some of his sentences. It won't be too bad, but we thought it noteworthy to tell you beforehand so you're not distracted during the podcast. Feel free to email us for any questions, comments, suggestions at Podcast at yahoo.com. Without further ado... And
1: here we go. The Batman
2: All right, everybody, welcome to episode 15 of the Batman Universe podcast. With me, as always, we have Chris. Hey, hey. And we have Apple. How's it going, guys? And even though we are so delayed, it's because of a bunch of different reasons. One of the reasons is we've been watching The Dark Knight uncontrollably for the last three weeks, and that's part of the reason why we haven't put out any podcasts since then. As well as uh, my computer got a virus and I wasn't able to use it for about a week. So because of that, it wasn't a whole, real easy to uh, get some research done. So, apologize for the, those of you who have not been able to get your fix because we haven't had an episode. I don't know how many emails I got about how, when are you putting out the next episode, we really want your next episode, I'm starving without your episode, so forth and so on. So, before we get into anything, I just have to say, there's only one thing that describes the Dark night and this is it. I've paid my dues, time after
0: time, I've done my sentence.
2: Right, we are the champions. We, the Dark Knight, has beat pretty much good. every record possibly that it could possibly beat at this point. There's really probably only one record it's not going to beat, and that's going to be the all-time, just because Titanic was such a crazy, insanely girl movie that girls went and saw 15 times. That I don't think we can compare it to the throngs of women that went and saw that movie. But that's probably, that is the only record that we will not probably beat. We'll probably be, probably about 525 when all said and done. And Titanic was 600 million. Just to run through some of the records that it beat. It was in more IMAX theaters than any other movie. It was in more theaters than any other movie. It had the biggest opening day, the biggest opening weekend. Biggest opening weekend in July. The biggest opening weekend of any summer ever. Top 5 day gross and top one through ten, day gross ever. It, it was number one in the box office so far, three weekends in a row. It's the fastest, 100, 150 million, 200 million, 250, 300, 350, 400 million, and it'll probably be fastest to 450 as well when it's all well, at least by the time it's out of theaters. Which by then it'll probably be the fastest to 500 because I know Titanic was out for many months and how it raked so much. But the biggest one of all is that beat Spider-Man. Yes. That is the biggest one of them all. All you Spider-Man fans, I'm sorry, but the
1: Batman rules. In your face! <laughs> <laughs> it was due time. It was due time. It was. Yeah.
2: All I have to is Dark Knight. Awesome. For this podcast, our spotlight character is going to be bat Zara, which many of you may know, may not know. That's why I bring him to you. Um, and the feature will be us discussing our review, giving our views of The Dark Knight, what we liked, what we didn't like, and we'll go from there. Like I've promised all of you comic fans who've been complaining about how we talk about the movie so much, there's only three items to cover in movie news, which mm-hmm. I'm sure all you comic fans are thrilled that we're not going to be talking about movie news for 45 minutes. <laughs> 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 well,
0: counting in the reviews at the end. Uh, you know, yeah. could be talking about Okay.
2: Yeah. All right. All right. So only some movie news. Most of it actually doesn't pertain to the movie. Um, July 22nd, Christian Bell was arrested in uh, London, or I believe it was London, for verbal abuse on his mother and sister. That's right. I said verbal abuse. Somehow over there, you can get arrested for yelling at somebody.
0: Ungrateful
2: wow. brother and sister. The basic story that played out, which we don't know for sure what happened, we just know uh, what we've read online, is that Christian Bale's mother and sister were staying at a hotel with him and his, wife, and they asked him for some money to start some kind of investment or something of that sort. Bale decided to say no, asked them to leave. They refused to leave. And he started yelling at them, and then that made them call the cops to have him arrested because they, he yelled. If I <laughs> – I honestly – I can imagine if I got arrested when I was a kid for every time I yelled at my mom, I'd probably be sitting at 25 years in jail or something. Seriously, this is like something that I didn't even know was possible. At first when they, and of course, all the news agencies had to report abuse, not verbal abuse, making it seem a lot worse than it really was. Everyone read that was, bail is arrested for abuse on mother and sister. And of course, then we read into the story, then you find out it was just verbal abuse. He didn't actually hit anybody or anything like that. So the basic story is he went to, he went to the police station, was questioned, he was not charged with anything, he has to come back in September for some kind of, date, I, if he wasn't charged, I'm not sure why he has to go back to court or why he has to go to court, but you know, I if you can get arrested for verbal abuse, you can go to court without being charged for something. America rules. Yeah. Uh-oh. No matter what anybody <laughs> says, no matter what anybody says, America, seriously, we do, we are <laughs> the best. <laughs> On to some actual movie news. July 24th, there was an article about an interview done with David Goyer, who we know helped write Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, who also has a hand in uh, the movie, the Green Arrow movie Supermax. And he basically said that the, the article was entitled that the Joker's to appear in Supermax. And his actual line that he says, it says you don't actually see the Joker, just his cell. It's a research That's one cross-pollination we would stay away from doing more with. And that's basically saying that that movie's going to be one of those movies where it could open up a lot of doors for some other DC superhero movies. I'm actually looking forward to this movie, and I'm hoping it comes out, because everything I've heard of this movie is great. They're going to have different villains, not just specifically Green Arrow villains. Different villains from all around the DC universe that are going to make an appearance Or some kind of easter egg. And I love movies that have easter eggs. Like, I love the fact that in Batman Begins, Mr. Size, which, unless you're a comic book fan, you don't know who that is. in the movie. That was awesome. It's just those little things that really get you to pay attention. And I think this is going to be one of those movies that's really going to make you want to pay attention. So I'm really hoping this movie gets made.
0: Yeah, I'm with you also. Uh, I haven't heard anything about this. So it's about Green Arrow, but it's called
2: Superman. Okay, basically... It's called Supermax for a while, I guess the actual name has uh, came across online a couple, I think it was a week ago. The, the name of the movie is called Green Arrow, Escape from Supermax. And the basic plot is Green Arrow has to go to jail. This Supermax jail that holds all the, the world's worst villains. So you'd see pretty much all the villains that you saw in Justice League, Justice Unlimited, you'd probably see most of them. You know, Gorilla Grodd. I don't know how realistic they're going to make this movie, if they're going to if they're going to try to stick with the hyper-realistic thing that Christopher Nolan does or not, or maybe they're just going to go all out and just try to make it as great as possible. I don't know. The thing is, he's trying to escape from the jail, this super prison-type thing that holds all these villains with powers and stuff, and the whole idea is he ends up having to work hand-in-hand with some of the people that he's put in that place. That sounds really weird. It sounds weird but it's a different kind of thought process than just going for for origin story especially yeah, since for real. a lot of me a lot of these superhero movies nowadays are starting with an origin story they're not always as successful especially I mean, like mm. Batman begin perfect example great origin story but because it was more of an story than actual action happening like The Dark Knight it did not do nearly as well so there's a lot of movies i think like for instance the Hulk did really good this time this time around and they didn't really dwell on origin story that much, you know. There was a couple mm-hmm. flashbacks and some scenes in the very beginning of the opening credits, but for the most part, they stayed away from telling the origin story. Mm-hmm. And that that's right. one of those things that's been a lot more popular and a lot more well received, a lot more mainstream. Yeah, yeah, mainstream. That's the word. Mm-hmm. So on August 4th, um, the other news that we had was that Morgan Freeman was involved in a pretty bad car accident on that Sunday night, August 3rd. That night, he was involved in a car accident with somebody, and his car basically went airborne into a ditch. And because it was airborne, when when emergency personnel arrived, they actually had to use the jaws of life to get him out of the car. But the good news is that he's going to be okay. He suffer, suffered a couple broken bones, but nothing that's not going to heal. So if there is a Batman 3, he'll be there. No worries there. I assume
0: he was driving the tumbler because, you know, that's kind of what it did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I was, I was, I was. It was first. He, it, it was, uh, very funny because you expect this. Uh, you know, he's a big Hollywood star. You know, maybe driving in a Rolls Royce or a Lamborghini. He was driving in his 1997 Nissan Maxima or Altima, or was it an Altima? In 1997, and oh, it, it's just, it just makes you seem like the guy's just down to earth. You know, because huh? a year ago, I'm driving in my 1997, you know, I have like the number one movie right now, you know, so.
0: I have a different theory. I saw on the news uh, today, a news flash that apparently him and his wife were going to get a divorce. So my theory is that his wife wanted the fancy car, told him, no, you're taking that piece of crap. And for whatever reason, he had the accident. That's it. No more. They're having a divorce after this. That's not brilliant deductions.
2: That might just be a little far-fetched, but...
0: (laughs) Excuse me, sir, but there's something on television you might find enlightening.
2: On to TV news. We actually have something to report about this new Batman the Brave and the Bold. There was some footage shown at Comic-Con, and based on the footage, I'm kind of iffy. Let me give you a little uh, sound clip of some of the footage that was shown real quick.
1: Jigs up, Kite Man.
2: The jigs up, kite
0: man. <laughs> kite man. Is that what they said?
2: Yeah, kite man. One of the villains <laughs> that uh, you know. The funny thing is, this this show is probably going to create a lot of questions about how come we haven't covered this villain? How come we haven't covered that one? Because kite actually is in comics, mm. but he's an un- he's really an unknown character. So. I'm kind of iffy about this. Um, I read an article that basically said that they're trying to not be as campy as the 60s TV show, but stay away from being as dark as the 90s TV show. So, I don't really think there's a medium between those two. I mean...
1: Uh, Well, that medium looked like they were coming trying to go with it.
0: (laughs) I saw the whole trailer premiere or whatever lots of footage from it and the good thing I can say about it is the animation standpoint and the execution It's very good it's very solid quality stuff I like it, I can tell they're, they're really trying at what they're doing but as far as the theme and the whole idea of it, so stupid I just, I don't know, it's definitely for children, seriously do we need this do, is this the, the thing we need to fill the Batman void in, in cartoons right now I don't know, I remain skeptical I think we'll enjoy it for what it can give us but will always be thinking, man, this could be, you know, such and such and such and such.
1: I would agree with you, Chris. But I, I, I once I saw Batman in space with no outfit to breathe, I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, like that's... it because it, it reminds me of Adam West. And I love the 60s. No, so, yeah. but, I mean, uh, you know, you have the Blue Beetle and he's like, all been up to date, and Batman's looking like the 60s Batman, and they're in outer space. Oh, but wait, you
2: forgot about the scene where Batman has a lightsaber. (laughs)
1: It's going to be Star Wars versus DC. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cross. It's
0: DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat, now it's DC Universe versus Star Wars. Wars. Where's the overall direction for this DC company? You would think if they had a movie that had a dark direction and everything else that they would want to follow that through and everything you know with the com or with a cartoon that reflects what's happening with the movie just that overall theme and quality and I'll even harp on the comics because and this happens a lot with comics you have a big movie you figure the market is excited about this character what does the com what do the comics do usually they take out the character completely and because now with Batman yeah there's a big story but what's the story that Batman's no longer going to be Batman well that's not a great way to keep interest going in Batman is to give people less of Batman Great story or not. And then I noticed the same thing happened with Hulk. His movie came out. And if you look at that comic, it's all about Red Hulk. I just... I just, It aggravates me that there's not overall direction
2: to make everything awesome. Yeah, well, that's because you get the wrong people involved. They get somebody who... I, I was having a discussion with my wife about the Superman comics and the Superman Returns, the movie by Brian Singer. And basically, there's two ways to go about things when it comes to making anything based off of a book comic book, anything like that. There's the way where you make something based off comic book, or the director makes a comic book movie with a twist, and then there's the way where the director makes own movie with a comic book twist. And that's that's what really happens, because a lot of times, like, for instance, Superman Returns, a lot of the stuff that happens in Superman Returns, there's not a whole lot of comic stories that refer to much that's in that movie. You know, the same can be said about any of the superhero movies, including The Dark Knight. But at the same time, there's you give your the director is going to make his own story. He's not going to just do the comic book, you know, take the comic book and put it flat onto the screen. If they wanted to do that, they could just make a comic motion film where they just take the pains and add words to it. I mean, it's it's that's what would happen. The whole point is you're getting the director's point of view. It's just how the director approaches the situation, and so that's I think the problem is that there's some like for instance with this TV show. They're taking their, they want to, they want to make a, movie, a TV show that's for kids. And then they're taking a little bit from the comics and throwing it into the, the show to give it that backing. And like, my wife was saying to me, why don't they just make their own superhero or something like that? I go, well, the with that is they don't get the backing or the fans that support big popular ones. And, and they're, they're just like, for instance, they made that movie, uh, My Super Ex-Girlfriend. The movie wasn't that bad, but I mean... Not, you're not going to get as many people to go see that as you are going to see Spider-Man or Batman or Hulk or Iron Man or any of those movies. You're just not going to get that because you don't have the the history of the character and the, the time that's gone over, generations of people, built up to the point where the movie comes out.
1: Mm. All
2: right. That's me on my soapbox, I guess.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's pretty much all the tea news we had. If you haven't seen the footage, uh, we'll provide a link so you can see the footage. If anybody actually, like actually watches the footage and likes the show, email us and tell us why exactly you like the show, because I'd be interested in knowing, not that I'm saying you're in the wrong or anything like that, because there could be some aspects of this TV show that could be good. They could incorporate some of the villains that have never gotten recognition before, which would be nice. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, there's some things about this show that I already don't like, just based on seeing the footage. So email us and let us know if you like the footage and why. And we'll read it, and we'll let everybody know. All right, Joker. Get ready for a little bat magic.
0: All right, so that brings us to book news. Chris? On August 13th, we're going to have another Year One story. This time it's Robin. And the take is that a new printing of the classic tale of young Dick Grayson's baptism by fire as he dons the costume of Robin for the first time. Becoming a hero is anything but easy. It's going to be 200 pages, a soft cover for 15 bucks. And personally, I hope it's better than the Tootface Year One. I wasn't too
2: happy with that one.
1: I, I thought it was okay. I mean. it, 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 yeah. I I I'd rather have paid like seven ninety nine. But yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> let me make a quick comment about that. Batman Year One. This is just a new printing. Uh, this this one's been out. I already owned the a, a, ser- a mini series of four books. This is just combining the four, and it's re-putting it out. It's something that they've been seeming to do the last couple of months. It seems like they've been re-releasing miniseries in a collected volume, and they're just reprinting it. It seems like that's the case for a lot of different things. But this this Robin Year One has already been out. It came out, I want to say, I could find out exactly. But uh, the whole thing is, has been out for a while. This is not something new. By any means at all. This is this is something that's been out for quite a while, and I'm pulling up exactly when it came out because I, I know that it's been out for a while. It came, well, out, be okay, it came out in 2000, so it's oh, been for eight years. And the series is actually not that bad. It talks about the fact when his parents died, how he became Robin, stuff like that. It's not that bad. It's, uh, and as for the Two-Face year one, there were some aspects of that book that I liked, some aspects that I didn't. We'll actually discuss that more when we finally put out the comic podcast, which, as of right now, I'm not even going to give a date because I hate <laughs> telling people dates and then it never happens. So, But yeah. when we do, that will be one of the, the comics that we discuss. Give a Jim Lee answer.
0: We will put it out when it's done. Yeah. When we are happy with the product. <laughs> We're happy with the product, yes. <laughs> August 13th, uh, Simon Dark, What Simon Does. This is about this new character that actually I have no idea anything about. I'll talk about that in a little bit, but the uh, write-up is acclaimed horror writer Steve Niles from 30 Days of Night. Teams with artist Scott Hampton in this title, collecting issues 1 through 6 of this a supposedly hot new series. Simon Dark is an urban legend, a modern-day Frankenstein monster, but is he enough to stop a vicious Gotham City serial killer? It's going to be 144 pages off cover for 15 bucks. But yeah, I have no idea about the Simon Dark dude.
2: This is one of the characters that I found out about probably after there was four issues out already, and it's just another person who works within Gotham City. I think I talked about this on a much earlier podcast, because I, I had no idea about this guy up until I went to the comic shop, and they said, you know, have you heard about this series? And I had no idea. I mean, I saw it on the release schedule on DCComics.com, but had no idea who it was, didn't really care who it was, because it was nobody I knew. But he's mm-hmm. basically a guy who is made up of different parts, similar to Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Not exactly, but similar. He has a couple different, like, different abilities, and... He tracks down, for the first six issues at least, he tracks down the serial killer. The art is probably the best thing that comes out of this book. The art is mm. extremely good, in my opinion. As for the stories, I, they're, they're not bad, but they're not the best. If you're more of a, a gothic fan, uh, or a goth fan, I guess, this is a really good comic for you because it's really dark and gothic. But uh, as for a hot series, I honestly, after I read the first couple issues, I mean, I I collect them, I have the issues, but at the same time, after I read the first few, I I've honestly thought to myself, I don't see this lasting over a year. But here we are, and you know, issue number eleven comes out next two weeks. So
0: yeah, the name's not exciting. It sounds like a bore fest. uh, I don't know why. It sounds like it's just piggybacking off of a brand name, and uh, I don't know. I I don't see it surviving unless it starts building up a lot of interest, because I don't see any attention being given to this. I have no idea about it. The only way I know anything about it was uh, when IGN.com releases their weekly stuff on the Batman section, it'll show the Simon Dark. Who is this dude? But that's the only recognition I've had of him.
2: There's really no general news, but we do have all kinds of video game news. So, Apple, go ahead and take it away with that
1: video game news. Taking up video games, are we, sir? If uh, anybody's been, of course, listening to our podcast, we have been covering the DC Universe Online MMO video game. Actually, while we were away watching The Dark Knight, They actually updated their MySpace. Their MySpace page, as far as I know, is the only place that actually has stills of the Green Lantern right now. And, of course, you know, the concept art. And they also have a video that was shown at E3 and also at San Diego Comic-Con. So, if you can go to MySpace.com backslash D-C-U-O. And, of course, if you're not their friend, become their friend. And you get the latest updates whenever they update update a blog so you can go ahead and check out the downloads on there also we last reported that the batman lego video game was going to be coming out on september 1st it has however been moved back to september 23rd it's just a couple of weeks
0: (laughs) better be for a good reason
1: well yes, well, you know, it's it's just trying, you know, just to push it back. I guess, you know, Traveler's Tales, you know, they're 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 really good, so I'm I'm anticipating for it, you know, I'm happy. Also, what's very interesting is that the Mortal Kombat versus D C universe is set a date for November tenth. Now, around that date on November eleventh, is Uh, Supposedly going to be The Dark Knight release On DVD A week before that They are releasing Well What it looks like The Dark Knight video game November 7th Mm -hmm. So somewhere around those dates And what makes those dates Kind of familiar And don't quote me on this, but I think they might move the Dark Knight video game to the same week as the D V D. And the only reason why is because Gears of War two will be dropping also mm. on November seventh. So I don't know if you really wanna compete with the Gears of War type, but everybody's waiting for their Dark Knight video game, so you know, they they might go ahead and do that out there.
0: That's exciting The one negative I can say about that Is the only other time I remember them doing that Was with Superman I think whenever Superman Returns DVD came out That's when they released the video game Instead of releasing on movie day And everybody thought Yeah, they're going to hold it back That means it's going to be awesome But a lot of people really didn't like that game Hopefully they've learned their lessons
1: Yeah Also, the last bit of uh, video game news that we have, this was reported actually back in late July was Massively did Explorers they did the World of Capes and Tights in the DC Universe online, and they did a quick Q&A really with developers of the DC Universe, and we'll provide a link on the website for you to go ahead and read this uh, Q&A, but it just basically you know, they still talk about if you go to their MySpace page you're still going to get the feel pretty much of what their Q&A was, but for fans, if you know, you're like us and you got to read every little detail and see every concept art go ahead and visit it click on the link and they'll go ahead and give you you know whatever little updates are out there for it
2: my kind of game one of the things that i wanted to make sure that everyone knew was everyone's still debating whether or not they're actually a game and one of the big things that confirmed it the last couple weeks was a video interview that was done with gary oldman so i'm going to play that video so that everyone can listen to it, it kind of confirms it
0: the video game saw a tiny little piece of it they're trying to get it so that when gliding that it's a sort of the feeling in it that you've never really felt before that the game doesn't stop and start they're trying to build it in to the to the system almost like watching the film sure that it's a continuous thing um but i mean i'm on the rooftop i mean my figure just stands there with the backlight don't do it. I don't do anything. I'm really boring. I, you know Batman, we've got to get out of it you know.
2: And he goes and dives off the building. Man, Jim Gordon, boring Jim Gordon. I'm- That's from G four. The funny thing about the interview is that the chick who's interviewing him is just sitting there with this blank stare on her face like what are you talking about? I thought we were talking about the movie, not the video game. She <laughs> she has no idea what he's talking about. By the look on her face, she's just She has this, like, deer-in-the-headlights look with her eyes bugged out of her head. And she just is shaking her head as he's talking about the game. And and he's probably thinking, oh, this is G4, you know, the video game network. Oh, I'll tell him something about the video game. And, of course, this chick's here just to talk about the, the movie. So, whatever. Yeah,
1: but see, but that speculates. What he had said, as a diehard video game player as I am and a lot of our listeners are, it is telling you where he says, well, my character doesn't do nothing. I just stay there on the rooftop with the best signal. It almost leads you to believe what the rumors that we were hearing about it being open world like GTA. Like, you can go to the top of police headquarters and always see Jim Gordon there, maybe get missions from him or whatever objective that you're doing, and he's right there, and you can always go back to him. So, that's, when he was speaking about that on G4, that's my first thought about it.
2: And that's a possibility. One of the things that he said about how they were trying to get, when he glides through the air, to be perfect, the way that made it sound, it was almost like they were, the reason. one of the reasons why the game didn't come out right away was because they were trying to master that. And that just is another speculation on my part. But, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, take it however you want. It could be open world, like Apple said. It could be, you know, the fact that they just didn't have the game engine the way they needed it to be to be able to run the game. Right. That brings us into merchandise news. So on July 18th, it was announced that the Batman the Animated Series, the entire series, will be coming out in a full series set in November. You'll be able to buy all four volumes As one, They'll all be some kind of collector's edition thing where it's not just all four different boxes. It's all going to be the same box while the show's in it. The holy grail.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be picking it up. I already own them all, already all the seasons, but, you know, it's going to come in with the special something, and I'm going to have to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
0: Does it include the ones with Batgirl and uh, the little Robin?
2: Probably. July 24th, right around the time of Comic-Con, the Two-Face figure was revealed officially, unlike the Toy Fair earlier in April, where it was unofficially revealed somehow if you're not going to fit reveal something I don't know why you would have it at some place where there's a mass amount of people but whatever it was revealed and the two faced figure is exactly like he is in the movie but the one disappointing factor is it's not going to be a movie master in wave three it's going to be a general figure within or in the same series as destructo joker which is not the heath ledger joker I don't understand why they did not make this figure a movie master because that would have been Mm a lot better
1: I I don't know what's in their mind about what kind of figures they want to do, but man, they got us frustrated first with the movie master figures and then they bring out animated type figures. So
2: Yeah, the thing with the movie masters is if they would have done Two faces as a movie master, they could have put the evidence as coin. That would have been cool.
1: That would have been awesome. Yeah.
2: That would have been probably the best thing they could have done. Because that's been the mini batarangs, the mini bat masks, those are a little better in my opinion. So I don't know. We're still waiting to find out officially what's in Wave 3. Everyone's assuming there's going to be at least one other Batman figure in that series. But they've already done Batman Begins. They've already done Dark Knight and Dark Knight Chase figure, which was the same exact thing, only without his mask on. It'd be kind of cool, in my opinion, if they did a Ra's al Ghul figure. Yeah. But I don't really see that. Someone I, I read somewhere on some forum that someone was saying Jim Gordon, that might be cool too.
0: Yeah. I'd yeah. like to see uh, one of the uh, Batman imitators.
2: Yeah, that would be cool, too. Or, oh, how uh, about
1: how about the Bruce Wayne, uh, Bruce Wayne in uh, the League of Shadows? You know what I mean? Oh, that yeah, in yeah, yeah,
2: the ninja cool. suit. That would be
1: awesome.
0: Yeah, that. Or a mayor with heavy mascara makeup edition.
2: Yes. Oh, okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that because that was something that I had a big gripe with. Oh, that's, oh I don't want to talk about that now. But... Alright, July 28th, uh, Dark Knight, the Batman from Dark Knight, and the Tumblr are now fatheads. So if you don't know what a Fathead is, it's basically a giant... See, Joe, she's (laughs) like... Alright, Fatheads is basically a life version of the character. So for Batman, however tall Christian Bale stands with that suit on, it's as tall as that. It could be 6'2". And it's like basically a model, a 2D image in the exact size of the character. Now, for, as for the Tumblr fathead, I haven't seen a picture of this thing. But if this thing is like every other fathead and it's the same size, I don't know where you could possibly put, it unless you had a gymnasium,
1: a garage. You could put it in the garage.
2: That's if you're. Tu- <laughs> that's if the tumbler would actually fit in a standard garage.
1: <laughs> True. <laughs> would they bring out a Joker fathead?
2: No. There was nothing about that. But the funny thing was, Fathead did do a Batman, a comic version of the Batman, and they had a Superman too. But this is like one of the first ones that they've done. And I think they did a Spider-Man one based on the movie, but they don't do very many movie-based characters. They mostly do athletes and stuff like that. They'll do logos for different teams. I know they've done ones for NASCAR and stuff like that. So this is something that they knew that they could make some money on, in my opinion. Right. July 29th, which I can't confirm that was the actual date, because wherever I saw it, I cannot find it. The black and white statues that are out, and you can buy now with Batman, they announced that they're going to start doing villains in the same black and white statues. So the very it's all
1: part of the plan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so the very first one that they're going to do is none other than the Joker by Jim Lee. So if I can somehow... If I can somehow find... Well, I know it's on DC Direct right now. I know you can find a picture of it there. I'll provide a link to the picture. If I can't find exactly where the link that I found the
1: article was. But... Well, you know, they gotta have the other villains, you know what I mean? I mean, oh man, you know. Just to even imagine, like, maybe, you know, if they do a Firefly, if they read you know of course you know riddler of course they're gonna do a scarecrow but what artists are they gonna do of you know and oh man can you imagine jim lee's killer croc Ooh, mm-hmm. that'd, be that'd be nice hmm, it's fortunate you caught it in
2: time i hate it when things slip by me and with me helping you to
0: answer your mail nothing
2: brings us to listener Q&A's. I guess the first order of business is, now that I haven't mentioned anything about it, we're going to tell everybody about the trivia answers, the answers that we were looking for, and we'll give the winner. The very first question was, what issue did The Laughing Fish first appear? The answer that we were looking for was The Laughing Fish in Detective Comics, number 475, from February 1978. All right, so question number two was, what famous person showed the 40 serials which prompted ABC to create the TV show. The correct answer that we were looking for was, Hugh Hefner showed them at the Chicago Playboy Club, and some people we got answers of Yale Udoff. Yale Yudoff actually viewed the 40 serials at the Playboy Club that Hugh Hefner was showing them, and that prompted him to go to ABC and, and give them the idea of doing the 60s TV show. It was not Yale Udolph that showed the answer, or showed the serials to anybody. It was him who viewed Hugh Hefner showing them. So that was the answer we were looking for. Number three was, uh, what was the first appearance of the Joker? If you don't know that, you should be shot. It was Batman number one. Number four, the question was, what did Tim Burton have to do with Jack Nicholson to get him to do the role? I was going to disqualify this question just for the sheer fact that it was too general. But now that I'm reading the question, it makes complete sense. It says, what did Tim Burton have to do with Jack Nicholson? The answer is not give him top billing, give him a certain amount of money. It wasn't any of that. What did he have to do with him? The answer was he had to go horseback riding. That was the correct answer that we were looking for. Number five, what comic inspired The Batman Begins with Detective Flash hanging upside down? Basically, Detective Flash he was from year one, and the upside-down interrogation was from the Dark Victory series. The dialogue, really, we didn't know where the dialogue came from. I had somebody say that they thought the dialogue was from a Deathblow comic. I can't confirm that, but if they seriously found out, that's more power to them. Number six, Wayne Tower is based off of what Chicago building? The correct answer was the Chicago Board of Trade building. Number seven, what musician was considered for the role of the Scarecrow? The correct answer was Marilyn Manson. How many IMAX screens will the dark knight appear on on opening weekend now if you didn't get this question correct i'm sorry but you just don't listen to the podcast because in the very beginning of the last podcast we s- sat here and said there was like me and apple went back and forth on purpose saying 94 screens are you serious yeah 94 it was the answer 94 number nine what is each of our favorite villains all right chris what's your favorite villain joker apple it's a hard serious? one yeah, this is a hard one. If you don't <laughs> know, Joker. if you don't know apples, you're just another thing. It's <laughs> probably just obvious. as Batman number one? Sorry, if you got it wrong. And my favorite villain—that was the trick question of them all. I don't have a favorite villain. I love the entire Batman rogues gallery, and that is why we cover so many of the forgotten villains, which we now call spotlight characters, is because I have a love for the fact that. I love the entire rogues gallery. I have no specific favorite one. So that was the one uh, that was the one trick question. So the winner of Batman General Trivia was Josh. Josh from Indiana. Let's give him a round of applause. Woo! And the runner-up was Joe Yardsman from Connecticut. Let's give him a round of applause. Yay! Woo! <laughs> So, Josh, you're going to have to send in your contact information so we can mail out that prize package to you. Uh, for everybody else who entered, uh, thank you for entering. We will be having more trivia contests in the future with other prizes. One of the things I'm we're probably going to start is every comic podcast, we're going to discuss some random miscellaneous comic from some Batman series that we normally talk about, whether it be Birds of Prey, it might be Simon Dark, it might be detective comics it might be robin who knows we'll discuss one and whatever comic that we discuss we will actually give away to whoever emails us and lets us know they want and we'll pick a random winner and we'll send out that comic to you josh you're the winner send us your information
1: vincenzo get some pictures
2: i'm gonna check the fridge yeah there's a lot of evidence in there detective shut up on to the rest of listen responses we had a couple one of them a lot of people ask me about what we thought of The Dark Knight, and we'll get to that. But we'll we'll read a couple of their questions when we get to their actual features. A new listener that we had that has, hasn't written us before... Well, I wouldn't say a new listener, but a listener that hasn't written us before. Her name is Miranda... Well, I'm assuming it's a her. I'm, a, I'm sorry if it's not, but the name is Miranda, so I'm assuming it's a her. Says, Hi Dustin, I just wanted to drop you a line and tell you how much I enjoy your podcast. And a casual Batman fan since the 1989 film, but with Batman begins, I became more interested in the character, and now with The Dark Knight, which has already become one of my favorite movies of all time, I'm totally hooked and more interested in Batman, Gotham, the Joker, and all the other characters than ever before. I'm completely new to the comics, and you and Chris and Apple's comments on the different series are very helpful to me. As are discussions of supporting characters and villains. I am just beginning to immerse myself in Batman's world, so all of your podcasts are very informative and help me learn more about the good and bad of Gotham City. I am very much looking forward to hearing what you guys thought of the Dark Knight, and have been eagerly be checking iTunes every day for the next podcast. Although, if the reason one, of one has not been yet posted is because you are all too busy. Going back to the movie again and again, I can't blame you. Perhaps on a future episode, you guys could discuss whether or not you think DC Comics will or should incorporate Nolan's gritty view of Gotham into a series. I think it would be a fantastic way for them to get the fans of the film who may be unfamiliar with comics interested in the following. I know that I would love to see Heath Ledger's take on the Joker, for instance, explored more in a series of comics or graphic novels, especially since, unfortunately, we won't be able to see a character in a future film. And a series about Aaron Eckhart's Harvey Dent before the events of the film would be interesting as well. As I said, I know very little about comics, so I would be interested to hear your take on this and what you think their chances might be of this agreement. Anyway... Thanks for the podcast of the good work, Mira. All right, so let's discuss briefly what we think about incorporating Nolan's gritty view.
0: With making this much money, I'd say anything's possible. I'd say
2: anything's possible, too. The one thing I have to say about the Heath Ledger's choke, uh, take on the Joker... This series that's coming out in October, who I believe is drawn by Lee Bohamel or something like that.
1: you get it before I would. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I honestly have no clue how to pronounce his name. But that series, I've heard rumors that Joker is very, very similar to the Joker that was shown in The Dark Knight. Let me pull up. I can provide a link to the actual page. But it's not a series of any sort. I believe it's just a yeah. It's just a graphic novel. It says in the all-new hardcore original graphic novel, Joker. Writer Brian Azerillo and artist Lee Berhimo, the creative team behind the acclaimed miniseries Lex Luthor: Man of Steel, show even a darker and more disturbing side to the most dangerous man in Gotham, the Joker. After yet another stint in Arkham Asylum, the Joker finds his city divided among mobsters and costume villains. Not content to settle for a piece of the pie the joker vows to take back the whole deed enchilada by any means necessary look for appearances by a slew of gothams moana including gritty takes on two-face riddler killer croc penguin harley quinn and even batman not since the killing joke have you seen such a powerful take of the joker you won't want to miss this and the image that they show is it's a very gruesome smile it's not heath ledger's smile but it's a very gruesome smile. And it's kind of funny because, Mira, you actually stated gritty, gritty take on that. And they actually say including gritty takes on all the characters. So that would probably be something that... The thing is, these comics, they're, they're put into place well, well in advance. And the one thing is that you never know... I mean, I'm sure that Warner Brothers, DC's parent company could have assumed the dark knight was going to be huge just based on the early reviews and early screenings and stuff but at the same time i think if we see any kind of fallout from the movie it's not going to be until probably later this year
1: right because they got to have their their comics planned months in advance so so
2: that's that's my take i think it would be awesome to see a great, like a series that's based off of Christopher Nolan's hyper realistic reality i think that would be Kind of a cool thing, just because you know it be it could incorporate things from the movie into the comics, and at the same time, then it would actually leave more info. You know, not so much. It would leave. It it could possibly give us the little fix that we need for the Christopher Nolan Batman universe when we're not getting a movie. Right. My uh, concern
0: is getting a good artist. It seems like most of this stuff they they go on the established hype. Of, hey, this is from the movie and they kind of skimp on other things like getting a great artist But if they could do that, I'd be happy.
1: I agree, right, but also remember DC. has was It's never really been known for its artists That's kind of a Marvel thing where DC mainly concentrates on the stories parts and that's the difference really between the two countries I know I mean the companies I mean, I know people are gonna argue back back and forth about it, but DC, you have to give it up to DC because they do plan story first, art second. I strongly agree. I think it'd be a good take, and
2: we'll just leave it at that. The next one is from Spencer. He says, Hello Dustin, my name is Spencer, I'm 14 years old. I think that you and your co hosts are doing an excellent job on the podcast. I listen to it every night on my iPod. It it has greatly increased my knowledge of the Batman universe and is very entertaining. My favorite of the episode is probably the part where you do the Forgotten Villains feature. One of your episodes you were discussing the location of Gotham City, and I noticed that in the dark night one of the mob bosses' vehicle has an Illinois license plate. Maybe director Christopher Noller is indicating that Gotham is a symbol of Chicago. However, I myself like to think of Gotham as a New York kind of city. I have seen the movie multiple times and love it. What do you think about it? I am sure you will express your opinions in the next episode. Every time I see The Dark Knight again, I notice new details that I hadn't seen before. Anyways, keep up the good work. Spencer. I will quickly answer the one question about the movie about the Illinois license plate. I think that was just kind of a thank you to Chicago. Hey, Chicago, thanks for letting us be here. We're going to use your guys' license plates. I don't think... uh, Honestly, in my opinion, if you If you take New York City or Gotham uh, or Chicago and compare the two to be more of a Gotham, my opinion is Chicago's closer architecturally. Uh, New York is probably more uh, geographically closer to the actual location because it's supposed to be on a seaboard or seabit, whatever it's called. It's supposed to be on the coast. Chicago has got a lot of Gothic architecture that New York just doesn't have like they used to. So there's different things. I mean if I think of Gotham City, I think of just Gotham City. I don't think of it as Chicago or as New York City. Everybody has their own opinions. It's just I think a lot of people associate New York City with Gotham City just for the sheer fact that it's in Gotham City is supposed to be an East Coast city. It's huge. What other East Coast cities on the coast that's huge New York City so
1: yeah i can't even see new york city as gotham because at whenever i think of new york city i automatically think of every marvel title out there <laughs> because that's spider-man you know uh every every marvel i mean silver surf i mean not silver surfer uh the fantastic four uh Ingers, dr yeah, strange Avengers, they're, they're all over iron man you know well no iron man's in california so but well, they, according they, they, them. well according yeah. to that well according to the
2: so the next one is from Sean, and it says, uh, it "says I said it before, and I'll tell you again. You've got the bo- best Batman-related podcast out there right now. I have a question, though. When will the new podcast be available to download? So everyone wants to know when it's going to be here. Well, it's here now. So if you're listening to this, obviously it's here. We had a couple pod mails. One was from Sean saying he wants to hear the next podcast. Like I said, we got a lot of those. We had a new review on iTunes that was from Spencer J. I love this podcast, especially the Forgotten Villains segment. When is the next podcast coming out? Well, the podcast is awesome. So, we're sitting at five stars. Our average is four. So, keep sending in those reviews. As for the other pod mail, it was from Justin JC. It says... Hey, Dustin and the other guys, I love this podcast. I've been a me- I've been a member for many months now. There is the best... This is the best there is. Yours- Your news on the Batman universe rocks, especially the new special effects episodes. Okay, now, what do you think of the movie? For me, the plot was okay, but it looked like it focused more on the Joker than Batman. The other thing that bugged me was that nobody found any alias related to the Joker character. Don't get me wrong, I love the Joker. Heath Ledger was the best. However, Two Face' character developed more quickly, interesting, and left us wondering for the third installment. About Batman, well, he kicked A like usual, but his characters in Batman's was way better. Let me know what you think of my comment, and who do you think is the perfect character for the Joker next movie? Congratulations on your podcast, and keep up the good work, Justin. We'll save answering those questions. This brings us into our spotlight character, and then we'll get to the feature and talk all about the Dark Knight.
1: Yeah.
0: This is about Petzaro and his origin is unknown but his speech patterns are almost identical to those of Bizarro. And just as Bizarro has reversed S on his chest, Bat-Zaro has Batman's Bat logo on his chest. But it is inverted, which is upside down. And he also wears a utility belt like Batman's. However, he wears it upside down as well, with the pockets open. He calls himself the world's worst detective. He uses a large steel chain as a weapon and as a grappling hook, but no other items. He seems to lack eyes and has yellow fangs. He is also said to have, opposed to Batman's origin shot and killed his parents. And interestingly, bat has a tendency to think aloud, often repeating what he has just been stated in his thought boxes, which is the op- Batman's custom of quiet contemplation. In his first appearance in Superman Batman, bat introduced himself as bat the world's worst detective, to Bizarro. He is seen with dual pistols, gunning down couples who walk down Crime Alley, which is the opposite of Batman's origin story and Bizarro feels sorry for Batzaro since he doesn't get out much on account of his lack of friends Batzaro claims that he comes from the same place that Bizarro does and wants to be a hero like his idol Batman Bizarro offers a team up and Batzaro agrees and the two shook hands and suddenly Bizarro started to feel strange Batzaro was amused by that and revealed the blue kryptonite shard that he found ...after the meteor shower. In this series, Bizarro flies away and returns to normal, so to speak... ...and tells bat that he will be back to help him solve the murders uh, that bat has just committed. bat thanks him and adds that he hasn't touched anything, so the crime scene is not contaminated. And it should be noted that this entire exchange is done in the usual Bizarro negative speak. At times, it seems as though bat is trying to aid Batman... ...but his mangled dialogue and inexplicable actions make it difficult to be sure... According to Bizarro, he have no come from the same place as Bizarro number 1. That and why we am so different. Uh, he may be a failed clone of Bizarro or a Batman from another planet or an alternate reality, but some believe that his this statement was actually reversed due to Bizarro speak. Therefore, it could be read as bat saying that he came from the same place as Bizarro, and that is why they're so similar. It was revealed that the Joker created bat therefore he comes from the same place as Bizarro number 1, and they are both created by the Joker. Bat-Zaro apparently met his end when he jumped in the path of a bullet shot by the Joker to save his idol's life in Superman Batman number 24. Before then, Batman never even knew that bat existed as the Joker reveals that he created Bat-Zaro so he would have the pleasure of killing a Batman. He was last seen being put into the Phantom Zone by Bizarro in an effort to heal him. However, he appeared in the Infinite Halloween special with Bizarro, who apparently succeeded in healing him and he appears to be more intelligent and a more competent crime fighter. Bizarro seems to disapprove his methods and calls him not Bruce. Notably, this story takes place before Detective Comics number 822, since the Riddler is still a crook. And that is all we know about the strange, the wonderful, the crazy, Bad Zaro.
2: Let's just jump into our feature and get into the Dark Knight reviews. Apple, you can go ahead and
1: start your review first. Oh, where do we begin? Oh, man. When I saw the film, my review was, uh, of course, we already had seen the first five minutes of it. The character of the Joker, when he first led into the the group therapy for the the organized crime families, he, he had me right there, and I'm pretty sure he grabbed everyone right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- let, let me show you a magic trick. You know, I mean, <laughs> what else can you say? I mean, Heath, Heath Ledger's performance was awesome. Christian Bell yeah, I mean, not a lot of people were talking about him, but he turned in another solid performance. I, you know, I hear the the people saying, well, you know, his Batman voice. I mean, well, it's Batman reality. It's Christopher Nolan's reality of Batman, and I, 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 I really, I really didn't like how people were talking about his Batman voice. But, I mean, it's like, if you were Batman, how would you talk in real life, you know? But I think he did another solid performance. Gary Oldman, solid Commissioner Gordon, solid. Aaron Eckhart as a Two-Face, sold, sold. That was Two-Face right there. Maggie Gyllenhaal, I, I really liked her as Rachel Dawes. I, I think Katie Holmes in Batman Begins was a, a little bit young. And I think Maggie brought that maturity to the role that you can, you know, kind of feel what, what Bruce was going to feel in what he could see in a companion of course Michael Caine awesome also he did a solid performance i i, I like the highlight of this film would i would have to say would have to go to Jonathan Nolan and David Goyer of course Christopher Nolan's vision of the film but the writing was so spectacular when you sat down from the start of the movie to the end of the movie you, you really didn't know that you were sitting down there for almost two and a half hours. It was like, there was not, a, I, I, I didn't, and, and I seen the film already nine times. And <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I, I seriously cannot find a slow part. And maybe, maybe it's because I'm real hyped about it. I cannot find a slow part because while you're there and you're watching it, it's just going by so quick that it, it takes you on the ride. It doesn't let you off. And the relationship that Nolan and David Goyer have established between Batman and Commissioner Gordon it's it's so nice it's so nice to have that but as far as performances I'm gonna have to give it up to Heath Ledger Heath Ledger just completely you know he just he just held you and made you laugh and you were like oh my god just like the hospital scene when he was talking to 2 phases and 2 phases is ready to bust him in the jaw and he's just down there and just says hi You know, and it just makes you want to laugh so much. But I mean, so many memorable lines. Bruce, you know, coming with the fact that, you know, maybe you know, maybe Batman will you know, Batman will come to an end. But I I I really love the comic version that they put in there where Batman had Salmarone. I think it shocked a lot of audiences where he goes he goes, you know, piece of note, if you're gonna scare someone uh, you try to kill someone. You can't kill him from up here. And then Batman says, "I'm counting on it." And then he just drops him. <laughs> I, I think that kind of shocked a lot of fans. Like, whoa, what would Batman wouldn't do that? No, Batman in the comics would. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that's what. I, that's what I. That's what I liked about that part. Because some people kind of find it kind of shocking. I, I, I speaking to non, you know, Batman fans, just you know, normal fans that have you know, I come up to me and ask me about the film, you know, would, would you know they that's one of the parts that like you know batman was kind of you know kind of mean and i was like well you know you are watching the dark knight and batman in the comic books he's just like that you know he's willing to you know push it to that line and i really liked how uh the writers put that inside inside the film my my overall rating i'm a batman fan but uh as a normal fan the movie was excellent people that I've known that only go to the movies maybe once and they're real critical have actually seen this movie twice so that kind of gives you the scope that you know this is a really really good film I love it it's in it, uh, it knocked down Batman 89 all the way to second spot for me there's no going back so it, long live the dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Chris go ahead
0: Cool. Well, I almost completely missed this movie, Opening Night. It was the tragedy of my life. I was really tired from the night before, so I was going to get a good sleep when I got home. Had my cell phone alarm set to wake me up a good three hours before it started so I could get there early. Went for my buds, and instead of waking up hours early, I woke up 30 minutes early, which is how far I live from the theater. And noticed I had twelve missed calls from everybody that was already up there, and I mean, I almost missed the whole thing I couldn't believe it, and had to race up to it. but it was a great experience and you know, looking back, I remember when I first found out that Heath Ledger was going to be the joker, and I hated the idea. I thought that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Heath Ledger broke back mountain what's he going to do to Batman um I didn't want to see it. I thought you know this is all oh, this this is, this can't be good. And I I love remembering that because, as it turned out, of course, who could have done it any better? This movie, I think the reason it's so great is because of Heath Ledger. That's the reason everybody's seeing it so often. That's the reason I know I keep coming back because I want more of the Joker. I think that's the reason a lot of non-Bat fans love the movie so much because it's such a stunning performance. And in the end, I wish that I could just see a whole lot more Heath Ledger scenes. Another thing I loved about the movie being the hermit that I was. I did a media blackout as much as possible. On Any sort of scenes from the movie uh, and it really paid off. I loved that everything was fresh to me, but also the trailers that I did see uh, What I loved about this same thing. I loved about Iron Man was that the trailers really didn't reflect the scene to scene events in the movie prime example is the Joker's clapping in the trailers and uh, Every clap resulted in an explosion or something else made it seem like the uh, whole tractor trailer that flipped over was the Joker's doing And, of course, as it turned out, that was was nothing compared to what happened to the movie. That was just a clever spin on things that made everything look cool. And so I loved that it was all a fresh experience. Nothing seemed like it was spoiled for me. Another thing I loved was the Batpod. I thought I was going to be really critical of this goofy little thing on two wheels, thinking, oh, great, Batman on a motorcycle. What happened to the great tumbler? But the way that thing debuted, spinning out of the tumbler, having that wheel peel out, I mean from the first moment it started up it was awesome and it really impressed me. And if you would ask me, you know, Chris, what's your favorite scene in the movie? I I couldn't tell you. I had so many. The best one that comes to mind is of course Joker coming out of the hospital and that ridiculous get up and that ridiculous walk. I thought that was so wonderful. One of the things I loved about this movie is they it seems like they fully explored the Joker character, putting him in all kinds of situations. Give them all types of different ways to express himself. Who couldn't love that Harvey Dent, I believe in Harvey Dent's sticker he had on his nurse's uniform. <laughs> <laughs> that was just hilarious. But yeah, that was, uh, that may have been my favorite scene. And of course, Joker's first mob meeting, his mannerisms, the way he uh, smacked his lips, the way he exited the uh, therapy session, backing up through the door. Everything was just, I mean, this is stuff we're going to remember forever. And always look back and think, man, that was some of the greatest stuff I've ever seen. And then all the different extra things they did in the movie. This wasn't just a Batman in Gotham at night. It explored so many different avenues. Like Batman even went to Asia and beat up some Asians. And you've got to love that.
2: (laughs) We do not uh, condone Chris saying beat up
1: Asians.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But the way he escaped from it with the balloon, that was just, wow, that was awesome.
1: Oh, Skynet! Um, oh man, yeah. yes, that
0: was awesome. I didn't see that coming. All the different things that showed quality directing and quality execution, like the way the Joker would use that that handy camera, uh, video camera, the way he held it with his black leather glove and the sound it made as he twisted it about and stuff. The way they used the music in this movie. You know, I've heard some criticism that, well, you know, Batman doesn't have the the great theme music like he's done in other movies with the animated series and everything. But I'm telling you, those brass horns and the way they start building up and stuff, that gets me. My leg starts to beat to the music with that because I just, that gets me. I think that's enough. And, of course, the interrogation scene was great. And the big surprise, I don't know if you guys saw it coming, but I did not see Gordon driving that, that van escorting Two-Face around up to the point, or the point where it reveals him. I'm like, oh, there he is. And that's the one thing, boy, I was really getting nervous in the movie thinking, tell me, tell me, tell me that this did not happen. Tell me they did not just kill Gordon. I haven't heard anything about this. I can't believe it happened. And Until they revealed him back, that just kept on bothering me. I'm like, oh, please tell me they just didn't do this. And uh, you were wondering who the driver of the uh, van is. And I couldn't place it at all. I had no idea. I was waiting for something bad to happen. And uh, looking back, I'm like, oh, that should have been so obvious. Um, Another quality thing I thought was how they used Harvey Dent's coin, how he made his own luck. And that was what made seeing it a few more times really interesting to me was because when he was interrogating the little jerk that tried to shoot the mayor and he told him, uh, I won't shoot you, but I'll let the coin decide. And he flipped it the second time. And Batman caught it and said, "You're trying. You're you're putting this man's life into the you know hands of chance or whatever." And and Harvey Dent says, "Not exactly." And you know, I caught that the second time when he was talking, I'm like, "Oh, that's so clever. I love it. I love how they set up this character to be so great." Yeah. So yeah, that was all the all the wonderful things about it. Um, I did have a couple of gripes. You know, Apple touched on it. I did not like Batman's voice. I totally understand that these people cannot ever hear any Bruce Wayne in his voice, so he has to. He has to change it up, but some of it I thought, oh, come on, and a couple of my friends, a couple of jokesters, uh, whenever he started talking, they thought he needed to, well, he talks in the uh, safe to Gordon. Jim Gordon uh, responds back, and it sounds like he's uh, having his voice a little more muffled than usual, too. And they joked about it thinking he's rubbing off on James uh, on Jim Gordon and they all need to clear their throats. And so for the rest of the movie, any time Batman would use his voice, they would my two friends would clear their throats. And they thought, oh, it's so hilarious. And I'm like, guys, you guys are really getting on my nerves. But, <laughs> but now any time I see it, it makes me laugh because I just – yeah, I, I'm doing it in my head. And, uh, and I understand that wasn't all of Christian Bale. That was some of the uh, editing behind the scenes. I heard that they actually modified his voice to make it a little more extreme. And I just think they could work on that a little bit more. And the other thing that I, I was a little unsatisfied with was how fast Harvey Dent turned bad. I, you know, Every time I, I watch that hospital scene and see the dialogue happen, I'm like, no, let me, how, how can I really believe that, that Harvey Dent would totally turn on this and believe the Joker and not blow his brains out? And everything, I, I just I haven't been satisfied yet. But all in all, a great experience. Best movie I've ever seen. I give it a 5 out of 5. It makes Jack Nicholson look totally inadequate to uh, do the role. I still love Jack and what he did, but doesn't touch Heath Ledger. And uh, it was a night to remember. At times 4, since I've seen it that many
2: times. Yeah, definitely.
0: Love that Joker.
2: Alright, so my, my review of the movie overall great movie definitely better than batman begins definitely better than any other batman movie that i've ever seen if i have to go if i have to say some of my favorite scenes definitely the very first time the joker not very first but the time the joker walks in the room with all the gangsters and the disappearing pencil that was by far that gets you right there bam this guy this is going to be a great movie when that scene pops up the fact that you had no idea, you, you know. He stabs the pencil in the in the table, and you're just sitting there, like, "What is What is he going to do?" And then, bam! And the music was perfect for that scene as well. Uh, that was one of my favorite. Also, the scene where Joker goes in to goes in, which the early report said it was a body bag, and what it ended up being was just a garbage bag. He's brought into Gamble's headquarters or hideout or whatever, and Gamble says, "Well, he's dead, so 500. And And all of a sudden, bam! The music perfect for that scene where Joker pops up and goes how about alive?" and he's standing there with this look like mm-hmm. oh my god I'm going to die that music was perfect for that mm-hmm. that scene as well uh, overall music in the movie good I think uh, my only thing that I have a quarry about the music was that I wish there was just a little bit more I wish that there was uh, a little more music uh, for s- some of the other scenes besides strictly the action scenes or strictly the emotional scenes I think Especially with some of the shots of seeing Gotham overview, like the scene where he's standing on the top of the tower, and he's—you can hear in the background all the voices that he's listening to through that sonar thing, which I'm assuming was a sonar thing. But during that scene, that would have been a perfect one for some really good music. That's that's my only quarry for the music. The music, but overall, was great for the specific scenes that it was in. Um, Heath Ledger. I cannot say much about too much about this guy or uh, not eno- I can't say enough about this guy. Great actor. I've always liked Heath Ledger, you know, even though he wasn't he wasn't Brokeback Mountain that, you know, in my opinion wasn't it wasn't a movie for myself. He still did a great job in that movie. And they actually said he was going to play the Joker. I hadn't even seen Brokeback Mountain at that point, so it didn't really, you know, it wasn't the way everybody else was sitting or thinking to myself. Or thinking to themselves, oh, it's, you know, the guy from Brokeback Mountain, this is not going to be a good idea. But he seriously did the best job. Like Chris said earlier, the, the motions that he did, the smacking of the lips, the, you know, little stutters that he does. And especially when, like Gamble says, a freak. And he's like, no, no, not a guy like me. And I mean, he just did a superior job. And there was a lot of scenes, especially in the beginning of the movie, before you know, he was more of, you know, his makeup got smeared and such, that you could not tell that that was Heath Ledger. Because no. he, he walked with his shoulders up, like all the time in the beginning of the movie, he walked with his shoulders up, you couldn't even, you looked like his head was like sitting below his shoulders because of the way he walked. I mean, the walk was great, the, the way he talked was great. You, there there was only like I two parts in the entire movie where you actually could tell it was his voice if you weren't watching it. And that was the, well, I can't remember the second one, but the first one was the scene where he walked into the party looking for Harvey Dent, and he takes a bite of one of those shrimps, and as he says, I'm looking for Harvey Dent, you can tell it's Heath Ledger's voice, but that's one of the two times that I caught in the entire movie actually sounds like Heath Ledger. He does that good of a job. I thought it was also interesting how, In the interrogation scene, when Batman leaves and Jim Gordon leaves and there's that one guy left behind and he's asking him how many guys he's killed, how many of his friends killed, one of the best scenes, I think, in that Mm. was when he goes, he goes, uh, how many friends did I kill? And he's like, you know, I, blah, 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 I'm not going to give you this section. He's like, six. And then Joker, Maul six? (laughs) That was, that was great. Also, Mm -hmm. in that same scene, you could see that, uh, he had makeup on his hands, like that, you know... It's something that I caught probably the third time I saw it that he had the white makeup and a little bit of red makeup on his hands, like he actually smeared it on. The whole thing was, I remember hearing something about how Heath Ledger actually smeared his own makeup onto his face as if he was really doing it in, you know, in real life. You know, that's how he would do it. He'd be smearing. He wouldn't be getting it professionally done, and his hands had the makeup on it when he didn't have gloves on. You could see the makeup on his hands. So that was a, a cool little thing that I that I caught. That's I think uh, that's all I have to say about Joker. Besides, that was just great. I mean, the way the, the, what it all comes down to is when it comes down to the past people who've played the Joker: Cesar Romero, well in live action, Caesar Romero, and Jack Nicholson. They it was the Joker played by Heath, Le- uh, Jack Nicholson, and Cesar Romero. Caesar. This movie it was Heath Ledger playing the Joker, and that's really what it was, it wasn't, you know, he got into the character so well, and that, it was just great, Two-Face, uh, Aaron Eckhart, he did a great job up until the point where he turned into Two-Face, in my opinion, uh, the fact that he turned so evil so quickly, that was just one thing that I, I couldn't understand, I did, honestly, some guy who's this great, you know, savior for Gotham, does he just get a pet talk from Joker and then somehow turn evil? That was the one thing that I didn't really like. Um, The other thing that I kind of didn't like was, if in fact Two Face is actually dead at the end of the movie, they killed him off way too quick, and it's not at all having to do with the fact that they didn't kill the Joker, even though Heath Ledger's not going to be able to reprise the role. It's the sheer fact that they don't really need to kill off the characters. One of the things that I liked about Batman Begins was, even though that you assume Ra's al Ghul dies. You don't know for sure. In this movie, there's not a whole lot of opportunity that leaves that's open for you to think that the Two-Face is not dead. There was one thing I didn't like, because he's a major villain. And even if Christopher Nolan doesn't come back and do another one, even if Christian Bale doesn't come back and do another one, it's still a villain that they, they could use in the future. And if some director was going to take what Christopher Nolan did and stay on that kind of track, it'd be somebody that they could bring back. That's just you know i I just wish he didn't get killed if he did. who knows the one thing is you know uh,
0: talking about two face how we 're having a problem with how quickly he turned it would it would be more acceptable if they would have built up the fact that Harvey Dent really depends on his girlfriend rachel, rachel Dog. if if she if she was a really big part of his life and anchor to his morals and his character, I could see the turn happening because really he he freaked out because he was betrayed and Rachel was and Rachel was dead. Rachel's death really I think is what sent him over the edge. And if they would have spent time pointing out that that's the crux of his conscience or or his sanity, then I'd have a lot easier time accepting this quick transition, but instead they kind of did the exact opposite because the mayor Talks to him, and I think Gordon may even say something to him early in the film about, you understand they're going to come after you like never before. They're going to go after everything that's important to you. And he's just fine with it. He's like, oh, yeah, that's, that, I understand the risks. I'm, I'm fine with that. And he still snaps. That's, that's hard to swallow.
2: Yeah, and I think part of the biggest problem was that was at some point, some point during the film, and I think it was that Joker clip when he's at with the mobsters where he says, a year ago these cops and lawyers wouldn't have dared touch you. I think they're trying to say that, you know, this movie probably takes place six months after the last movie. That's my guess. Mm -hmm. Just for the fact that Batman wasn't around a year ago. Okay, Mm -hmm. so my guess is that in six months' time, let's say you got six months of Batman, then there's like, let's say three months between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. And that would make sense with all the stuff that happened with the viral marketing. That is like a three-month time frame. Let's say, for instance, that because that is, at the end of Batman Begins, Rachel Dawes has, n- has never even met Harvey Dent. But yet, somehow, and also in that movie, she's dating that other district attorney. So, what is the chances that in three months, and then you come to or three months or whatever, four months, let's say six months, in a six months time frame, you meet somebody, you start dating them, and then all of a sudden you're going to get married. I think they tried to push that a little too fast, and that was part of the problem of why that possibly couldn't work, was just for the fact that even if he snapped because she died, and even if it was because he was going to get married or whatever, the whole thing was they weren't together all that long. It can't. It's not as believable to us mm-hmm. because, okay, yeah, there's the love at first sight, there's getting married in Vegas and so forth and so on, but the whole thing is you can't always have... Somebody meet and married and have you know a die hard relationship where if someone gets you know something happens to the person you're gonna like fall apart. I think if they stretched the split personality thing a bit more, mm-hmm. that would have worked a little bit better than oh he's because Rachel died. Mm-hmm. Right. The other thing is I wish he didn't get burned the way he got burned. Wish he would got burned in the courtroom because that's how it happened in the comics. And the fact that at some point he was trying Sal Maroney, they could have made that happen.
1: Well, they they substituted that with the gun scene, remember?
2: Yeah, and and I remember yeah. reading an early review saying that, you know, you think Two-Face is going to get scarred earlier in the movie than he actually does. And when it happened, I didn't really realize that's what it was, but after I saw it the second time, I was like, that must have been what they were talking about. But the, the, the whole Two-Face character, there was just a... I think that character strayed more away from the gun than the actual than everything else. I mean, everything else was pretty much dead on except for the character of Two-Face.
0: Yeah, and to give benefit of doubt to them, perhaps they really weren't trying to focus on he's devastated so much so about Rachel as he is about that he's trying to bring justice and he becomes convinced that everything's just too unjust because the police turned on him and Rachel and, you know, he got upset at Gordon for not listening to him and got upset at Gordon yelling him at the hospital about trying to take out the mob versus trying to clean up the police organization. And so maybe he so, it's not so much he got upset about Rachel as he is, he, got, he lost faith in the system of justice because of everything that happened to him and being betrayed by the, what he trusted in which was the system of justice and that's why he totally collapsed and i you know that might be worth
1: further considering yeah that is true yeah uh, well you got to give it up too the the joker did play a pretty good mind game
0: and you know, I've heard that this movie really should be taken as not about Batman and not about Joker, but it's really the story of Harvey Dent, because the whole thing is the Joker trying to get to Harvey Dent. The whole thing is supposed to really be following the story of Harvey Dent, that he's the good guy, and he becomes corrupt, and then the end he dies, gives closure to the story. And I thought that's an interesting take, and it's something that's overlooked and really didn't communicate as well maybe as they wanted to. But all of the focus is really about corrupting and destroying Harvey Dent, I thought.
2: Yeah, yeah. So as for the rest of the stuff, Gary Oldman, superior job. The only thing that I caught for the only downfall that I caught on that was that because he's a British actor, he did a good job of covering up his voice, except for when he was yelling. When he yelled, you could tell he had a British accent. Was the only catch that I caught. As for Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, great job. Nothing bad to say about that at all. Christian Bale, we're all great Batman. If anybody has any quarrels about who could possi- who's the best Batman and doesn't want to say Christian Bale, please email me, and I will give you all my valid reasons of why he's a better Batman. Yeah. And I'll Mm -hmm. tell you one thing, the strongest reason of why he's a better Batman is specifically because he actually is shaped to be Batman. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Agreed. So, Mm -hmm.
1: overall, great movie. What did you think about Christian Bale's Batman voice? Okay, the thing
2: with the Batman voice, I read all the articles online that people posted about Oh, it's all. It sounds like a beast. It's not a real human voice. It sounds like he's trying to be a beast. The thing is, honestly, if you're Batman, or well, if you're Bruce Wayne and you dress up in a costume, and you just so happens that you could bump into the same people that you talk to when you're Batman, for instance, he sat down with Harvey Dent, had dinner with him. He went. He had. A, he threw a party for Harvey Dent. If Harvey Dent was to hear the same voice when he was Batman, then when he was Bruce Wayne, he might be able to put two and two together. Exactly. The whole thing mm-hmm. is, you have to have some kind of distinction. Does it have to be as, as beast-like as that was? Mm, probably not. It was a little bit... It sounded actually more hoarse than his voice was in Ben Begins. And like like you said, Apple, I think it was what we heard about uh, them editing the sound to be a little deeper. Because I don't even think... I've tried to get my voice that low, and I have a lower voice than... Christian Bale and I can't even do that so I don't think that was actually him
0: I could accept it the one pro- the one time that it bothered me and I thought ah come on was when uh, he has the Joker strung up on the skyscraper and he's explaining how the city's really good and he's so strained and the voice is kind of wet and and spitting a little bit, and I thought, oh, turn it down a little bit, because before this scene, and even after that scene, it wasn't quite as exaggerated, and I think that was probably, where they did the most, I, I, would, I would guess, the where they did the most editing, but I thought, oh, this is the one scene, where I'm thinking, well, yeah, maybe this needs some work, but everything else, I'm like, hey, he's Batman, he's got to sound different, this is okay.
1: That scene right there, mm-hmm. did y'all think, that the Joker was going to die when he was thrown off the ledge from, Bat- no, with, from Batman.
2: I did not think that at one second. I knew that wasn't going to happen because if he actually did die right then and there, the whole thing about mm-hmm. what Batman kept saying and how Joker kept saying he was going to have to break his one rule, right? kept saying that the entire movie, that would be, that's like while he was on his way down and he was laughing, I was like, he, he knows that Batman's breaking his one rule.
1: He, Batman, mm-hmm. Batman, and he got him Batman, he got Batman
2: him. cannot let this happen mm-hmm. Because then Joe wins So that was the whole thing And I thought that perfect How all of a sudden he's falling laughing And then all of a sudden
0: pew,
1: And the grappling gun <laughs> catches him And then he's like
2: ha,
1: ha. <laughs> and he That was, was a great scene I like. I love that he goes We're destined to do this forever Oh man that That line right there made me so happy <laughs>
0: oh, <man. laughs> uh, I, that's that made me cringe cuz I turned my friends and I said, "See there, they really weren't expecting him to die." Cuz I like, "Oh, I wonder what else we could have got."
2: Oh. I think the well, the best line with that thing is when he says it's an immovable force a uh, movable object meaning unstoppable force.
0: <laughs> because that was
2: like perfect. And the funny thing uh, the, okay, my final bit of my review is basically this. Okay? If you're not a Batman fan, which I'm sure you're not, if I'm sure you, you are you are a Batman fan if you're listening to this podcast, but if you're not a Batman fan, there were so many people that I preached the movie to, like all my co-workers, I'd sit there and be like, so are you going to see Batman? I pretty much hyped this movie, you know, just so they would see it. There was one guy in particular who I talked about the movie, you know, he knows that I do the podcasts, and I talked to him about it, stuff like that, and one of the things was... He said that he did not like Batman Begins. He did not like that movie at all. And I asked him why, and he said, you know, Batman's like this, Batman's like that, Batman's like this. And everything he was describing made me feel like he liked Batman Forever and Batman Robin. He liked the more campy, funny version of Batman. But when he went and saw The Dark Knight, he came back the next day and said to me, Do you want to go see it tonight? Because I want to see that movie at least two more times. That and, mm-hmm. and that right there sums it all up. I mean, like, like you said, there's people who are going to see this movie more than once, and they're not Batman fans because it's just that good. Exactly. I mean, my, exactly. My wife and saw it with me twice, not because I wanted, not as I wanted her to, and not because she said she would, but because when she saw it the first time, she said to me the next day, "I have to go see that movie again because." Well one of the reasons was because it did move very quickly and if you weren't paying attention you had you couldn't catch up mm-hmm. but at the same time it was just that good like people compared it to the Godfather 2 and some of the other great classic movies I'm not going to compare it to any of those because it's in its, le- it's in its it's in a league of its own
0: mm-hmm. this movie
2: is superior this gives superhero movies and the superhero genre comic book movies and then completely new. ...thing to match. There's no going back. Because this movie not only, you know, has it broken all the records... ...but it's just a great movie. If this movie did not break all the records... ...and it wasn't getting all the hype... ...it's still that great of a movie. And this is really going to open the door for a lot more... ...superhero movies, comic... ...or movies based off of comic books... ...because of this success. And that's one of the things that I think... ...needs to happen. Because a lot of... ...there's a lot of characters, especially in the DC Universe... That aren't getting the recognition that they deserve, and this movie is really going to open doors for them. So overall, Mm -hmm. great movie. Enough said. Yeah, I understand the comment that calling Batman
0: a comic, calling The Dark Knight a comic book movie, is like calling Godfather just another mob movie. I understand what they're saying there.
1: Right, because this movie has a this this movie has a heart and soul to it, and it, it it is its own. Like you were saying, Dustin, it is its own, own category because it can stand on its own and it can have its own soul. And I think that's what makes The Dark Knight not only just successful and this much success, but I think for years to come, people will still be talking about this movie. I agree. Let me ask you guys, now. now that we, you know, of course we gave our reviews, we know the Joker didn't die. Do you think it should be recast if they do a Batman 3?
2: No. 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 And I think if Christopher Nolan does another Batman movie, he will not recast for the sheer fact that it's a kind of like a shot in the face to Heath Ledger if he recasts. I mean, mm-hmm. if they were going to have... If Christopher Nolan already planned on doing a Batman 3, and it was going to be with the Joker, I honestly could see him reworking the entire p- thought of the movie, just so that Heath Ledger's Joker... Not to mention, honestly, there, you know, there was a rumor floating around that J- Johnny Depp could play him. Honestly, I don't see Johnny Depp being able to do that. Yes, he did a great job being Jack Sparrow and Pirates, and he probably could do a good job. But... This version of the Joker, done by Heath Ledger, cannot be compared. Nobody will ever. It's like, like the, it was like when people were like, "Well, we're gonna do the Joker. Well, that means you know, you know. Well, he can't be as good as Jack Nicholson. There's no way. No, right. But right now, this is. There's no nothing that can be better than this.
1: See, and that's that's what. Uh, I was gonna lead to. Now, b- prior to this, we were always gonna say like, "Well, it could never be top." Jack Nicholson was a Joker. Heath Ledger came in here and totally owned this role. It was it was such a magical performance of this movie, and it's number one. It's number one in my heart
2: definitely. This is Pulitzer
0: Prize stuff guys.
1: So if anybody
2: else, now if we haven't answered any of your questions that you've asked us through emails and stuff about what we thought about the Dark Knight, feel free to email us Um, if you have a specific question for one of us, make sure you let us know so we can get it to the right person. Like if you want to know Apple's opinion of, you know, the Joker makeup or you want to know Chris's opinion of uh, the the Bat-Signal or my opinion you know what, I do have to mention this I forgot to say this during my review, but this was a big thing that I know that I, me- I mentioned in, a, in an earlier podcast. In one of the podcasts earlier this year, I said when we, we first saw pictures of the Batpod, that that pod was going to come out of the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. I said that that somehow that Batpod was going to eject, especially since he's, down, he's like laying down, just as if he's laying down that thing like he was in Batman Begins. And I called that. And I didn't know that for sure, obviously, until I saw the movie. But I just have to say, that's right. I called that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if you any if anybody's got any questions, email us the Batman Universe podcast. Email us, podmail us, iTunes, comment us. There's a thousand things you can do. You know you know them all because you've heard them a thousand times. But as always, Batman Universe Podcast at Yahoo.com. Email us, and if you have any specific questions about anything we did not answer, we'll answer them for you. The only other thing we've got is coming releases, which is real quick. August 13th, we've got Batman 679, Batman Confidential number 20, The Batman Strikes number 48, Green Arrow, Black Canary number 27, Robin Year One, like we talked about earlier, Simon Dark number 11, Simon Dark, What Simon Does, which we talked about earlier. August 20th, there's Batgirl number two, six, Birds of Prey number 121, and Robin 177. So... With that, check our website we'll give you the links that we told you about earlier, and you can check those out. And then email us about the clips and stuff like that. Email us anything you want. Um, we're we're start we're gonna be getting back into. We don't have a ton of movie news, so we're gonna need a lot of uh, listener ideas to, to you know to, for features and stuff. So other than that, that about wraps everything up. We'll try to get a comic podcast out. Like I said, we're not gonna make any promises. Because things come up, and I hate not lying, but making promises that we can't keep. So uh, we definitely will try to knock out um, the normal cast. Uh, Every two weeks, we'll try to continue to do that now that we've seen the movie enough. Well, not enough, but we've seen it so many times. Uh, But as always, this is Dustin. This is Chris. And this is Apple. And this is the Batman Universe Podcast. Take it easy, guys. It's over. This is Grant, and now we're hiding him from some bad criminals. That's good. Just don't make a mess.